Every sheriff in Utah has reaffirmed their commitment to our creator-given individual constitutional rights. Governor Cooper leaves some churches in a stupor after vetoing a bill for the second time, apparently without reading it. And our 2A for today Modern Militiaman Spotlight is celebrating a 26-year-old Monroe County, Pennsylvania man who fought off a violent band of robbers during a home invasion. Welcome to 2A for today. For today is a program where we explore all things Second Amendment, all things that protect, threaten, and violate the Second Amendment rights of all Americans, from unconstitutional executive orders and legislation, judicial tyranny and overreach, to how you can get trained to be better prepared to defend yourself, your family, your neighbors, and your rights. So, if the Second Amendment is important to you, make sure to subscribe to the New American Magazine and get on the top daily headlines mailing list so that you get an email alert anytime we upload a video or stream a live event. My name is Zoe Warren and I'm the host of 2A for Today. Every sheriff in Utah has reaffirmed their commitment to our creator-given individual constitutional rights. Now, there are only a few things that make a patriot like this one want to tear up. Those videos where soldiers come home and surprise their loved ones with a visit, any little house on the prairie episode, and when elected representatives charged with executing the law willingly and without equivocation yield to the preeminence of our creator-given liberties and vow to protect and uphold them. On June 1st, the Utah Sheriff's Association put out a public statement affirming their understanding of an agreement with the truths embodied in our Declaration of Independence and codified in both the U.S. Constitution and the Utah State Constitution. The Declaration of Independence acknowledges the existence of certain truths, including that all men are created equal. It further declares these truths to be self-evident, unalienable, and endowed by the Creator. Thus, providence is the source of unalienable rights, and the Constitution and those sworn to uphold it are protectors of those rights. With our fellow Utahans, we recognize the Constitution, not only as the founding document that establishes the structure of our government, but in regards to the Bill of Rights, the first 10 amendments, it is the guarantor of individual rights and the limiter of federal government power. The Constitution is the supreme law of the land, and all legislation and government action must comply strictly with it. The letter then goes on to express with great clarity the separation of our enumerated powers and their reverence for the sanctity of life and devotion to protect our creator-given individual constitutionally protected rights, and specifically the individual citizen's protected right to keep and bear arms. They warn, we should be circumspect of new legislation, resolutions, or executive orders, particularly those from the federal government, which may infringe upon individuals' constitutional rights. It's not necessary or wise to focus on the inanimate weapon, instrument, or tool of the crime. The Second Amendment of our divinely inspired Constitution clearly states, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. We hereby recognize a significant principle underlying the Second Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is indispensable to the existence of a free people. As your elected sheriffs, we individually and collectively pledge to do everything within our power to steadfastly protect the Second Amendment and all other individual rights guaranteed by the Constitution. Now, there is some unfortunate language in the letter 
that lends credibility to very unconstitutional federal law enforcement agencies. I know there are good people and very bad institutions. However, those unconstitutional taxpayer buttressed unindictable monoliths are not in the business of punishing or abolishing themselves. They use every resource tool and all the taxpayer dollars possible to protect themselves and their institutions from censure. Now I digress. Again, I'm extremely encouraged by the statement of the most powerful elected officials in the counties of the state of Utah, who've mutually pledged and bound themselves by their word to protect our creator endowed rights. Governor Cooper leaves some churches in a stupor after vetoing a bill for the second time, apparently without reading it. To be rather than to seem, that's debatable in the matter of the virtue of the governor of North Carolina who would veto a bill and make such a poor excuse for doing so. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt now that he must have taken talking point counsel from a communication director, but didn't actually read the bill. I mean, it's no secret that the enemies of true virtue use hypocrisy as strategy. Isn't that right, Chris Adamo? <laughs> but generally, they do a far better job cooping the public, I mean, duping the public than the misguided man in the Tar Heel State's highest office. Senate Bill 43 is a bipartisan bill crafted to expand the ability of citizens to defend themselves, their families, and friends while at a worship service. This bill can mean the difference between an active shooter massacring many defenseless churchgoers, like the 26 people killed at First Baptist Church in Sutherland Springs several years ago, or a madman being stopped in his tracks by an armed parishioner and that assailant only being able to harm a couple of church members, like at West Freeway Church of Christ in Texas in December of 2019. As a matter of fact, there was a study done, an independent analysis done by a blogger named Davy Barker back in 2012, where he compiled 100 shootings and analyzed the average people killed in rampage shootings when stopped by police versus those stopped by civilians. Now, a rampage shooting is the attempted killing of multiple persons, at least partly in public space, by a single physically present perpetrator using potentially deadly weapons in a single event without any cooling off period. The average number of people killed when police stopped those rampage shootings was 14.3. And the average number of people killed in a rampage shooting when stopped by a civilian was 2.3. Now, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to discern what works and what doesn't. I'll put a link to his report in the description. Now, back to North Carolina, folks. This is the second time that Chicken Little Cooper has raised a hue and cry in error concerning the ramifications of this bill. The Democrat authoritarian claims that the measure would endanger educators and children. For the safety of students and teachers, North Carolina should keep guns off school grounds, Cooper wrote in his veto message. Proponents of the bill argue that houses of worship where K-12 schools are also located are at a security disadvantage for their congregants when their facilities are used for worship services compared to standalone churches. Standalone churches don't have the prohibition on carrying a pistol during service, provided the person has a purchase permit or concealed weapons permit. Now, the bill contains language that prohibits carrying a gun on the church campus during school operating and extracurricular hours. It also makes clear that the carry access does not extend to property owned by a local board of education or county commission. Also, the legislation provides churches with the liberty to opt out and prohibit weapons by posting a sign. GOP Senator Danny Britt of Robeson County, the chief sponsor of the bill, contends, I didn't think after the violent attacks in churches across the nation 
that it would be controversial to allow our citizens to protect themselves in church on Sundays. But the governor's blind opposition to the Second Amendment seems to outweigh common sense legislation. In the coming days, we'll find out if North Carolina Republicans have the heart to attempt another override of Cooper's veto. And if so, will Cooper be able to come up with enough support to uphold his veto? To be or not to be? So it seems. Finally, our 2A for today, Modern Militiamen Spotlight is celebrating a 26-year-old Monroe County, Pennsylvania man who fought off a violent band of robbers during a home invasion. With no faith in a brother, have no friend, trust no woman. Well, maybe don't trust women from Scranton who would have voted for Joe Biden. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Joe Biden and this woman have a lot in common though. They both front for thieves who want to rob you blind and would rather you not have a gun while they do it. So the story goes, Scranton woman calls up Taheem Downs, our 2A for today modern militiaman, asking to come over for a visit. The two chat outside for a while and then go into the house. Suddenly, four men enter the home and begin to attack our 2A for today modern militiaman, who, police say, fended off the attack, pulled out his weapon, and began firing. One of the attackers was killed. The woman was shot and injured, and the others ran off. Police were able to hunt down and arrest one suspect connected with the attack, and he's being charged with robbery, aggravated assault, and various other charges. The other three are known by the police, but their names are not yet released. Taheem was injured, but required no medical treatment. This incident could have been far worse. There was a mass shooting in San Jose, California at the Valley Transportation Authority light rail yard recently that could have been stopped by a VTA employee. He was one who spoke out recently about the incident and he wishes he had been armed so he could have prevented more deaths after a fellow employee started shooting. He has a concealed carry permit for Virginia, but it isn't valid in California because common sense gun control policies really don't make any sense. Taheem, we honor you today as our 2A for Today Modern Militiamen because you have likely saved many more people in our communities from suffering at the hands of wicked men and their decoys who claim to be from Scranton. Now that concludes our program for today, but again, in the coming weeks and months, 2A for Today will be talking to experts, scholars, trainers, and all forms of gun right activists and Second Amendment proponents to answer the many questions that we all have and unpack the various laws and trespasses of our rights that have already been enacted and those that are on the horizon again. If the Second Amendment is important to you, make sure to subscribe to the New American Magazine and get on the top daily headlines mailing list so that you get an email alert anytime we upload a video or stream a live event. And share these videos with your family and friends who feel the same, or those that are riding the fence between liberty and tyranny who need a little more convincing. Now you've been watching 2A for today. My name is Zoe. Post your comments or questions, and we will try to address as many as we can, as fast as we can, in the coming weeks and months. Thank you for watching. 2A for today.